Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Hello and welcome everybody and thank you for joining us today on Invest Talk. It is Monday. It is November 12th, 2018. We're having some pretty crazy wildfires here in California. Uh, I was just up in Northern California over the weekend and the air did not smell very good. Uh, definitely bad conditions all over the state. Wildfires consuming homes and destroying people's lives. And uh, I feel for anybody who's been affected. There's the midterm election count controversy obviously continuing uh, down in places like Florida. And the market has once again turned down, which is something we've been kind of telling you about. And you know, uh, we're in a different market now. Uh, we're in a different investment climate, shall we say. Now, I'm Justin Klein, and I welcome you to Invest Talk, the weekday financial program that has one clear objective, and that is helping you grow and protect your investments. And of course, we welcome your phone calls and questions at 888 99Chart. That's 888-992-4278. So if you want to get through and ask your question, I urge you. Do it sooner rather than later. I know it's uh, well, it's an hour show. It seems like a long time, but it goes by relatively quickly. And you'll know that if you are watching your calendar, you realize that Thanksgiving is a little more than a week away. Crazy, right? We're approaching the end of the year. It's the holiday season. And there's certainly lots of market news to talk about today. For example, here's a story that caught our attention, a new report that says that 56% of Americans think cable TV has become unaffordable. And 47% think satellite TV has also become unaffordable. While only 17% believe that streaming is an unaffordable option. For this reason, investors should probably keep their eye on Disney. We're going to talk about why a little bit later. Before I get to that, let's take a time for a caller. You know our number. It is 888-99-CHART. Yes, this is Tom in Kentucky. I was looking at uh, PacWest Bank Corp. Uh, the symbol is P-A-C-W, and it's at a 52-week low, and it's got a really nice dividend, and I was just wondering what you thought about it. I know you don't like banks, but um, I just wondered what you thought about this price, if you thought that was a fair price or if I should just – Hang on and try to wait for it to go lower. Thanks for your help. All right. Well, obviously, I'm going to start off with what do you he mentioned is that banks are just not a good place right now. Uh, banks. I looked at Goldman Sachs today, right? Goldman Sachs had a pretty bad day uh, in the markets. I think it was down seven percent today or so, and that's. 
just one indication of what the problem is, right? One indication of why banks are just not the greatest thing to be investing in right now. Okay, so now PacWest is a regional bank, and that's, I guess, better than a global bank that has a lot of uh, maybe exposure elsewhere, right, around the world. But it doesn't change the fact that it is a bad time for banks. Okay, so you know I'm just gonna say I, I don't like it. I, I know, and it's at a 52-week low, near a 52-week low, like you said. So it's just not a type of name that I would be excited to invest in right now. And I, uh, I, I know the numbers. This is this is the time in the market where. A lot of companies are going to look inexpensive, especially cyclical names, right? They're going to be in a downtrend. They're going to look cheap relative relative to maybe the amount of money they're earning this year and last year. But what you have to remember is the reason that they're in a downtrend is because the, the market is pricing in, at the minimum, a slowdown in the economy. Okay? It's a slowdown in the economy. That's what the market's pricing in. And so for cyclical names, they're going to look relatively cheap. But what you have to go back and look at is what happened in the last recession? Where did earnings go? There's a lot of chip names like that. They're going to look very cheap. So I'm not a fan of a lot of cyclical, cyclical names like, uh, right now, including banks and not PacWest either. Now, Disney's better than expected earnings uh, recently, and its upcoming streaming service have Wall Street glowing as the belief is that the new world we're living in Disney should thrive with its content, right? Because content can now enter your home in more than just your cable pipe, right? It's coming over the internet. So shares jumped nearly 3% in early trading on Friday for Disney. And that added to their 8% gain for the year. So they're up about a little over 10%, which for the market, right? Market, especially after today, Roughly flat. If you look at a br the broadest indexes, they're going to be down. So analysts were impressed with Disney's studio revenue, which grew 50% from the prior year. And their new over-the-top strategy known as Disney+. Plus. Now they did a joint venture with 21st Century Fox. Comcast and AT&T's own AT&T owns a piece of the over over the top streaming content player Hulu. So soon Disney will have its own streaming service and there's no official word yet on the cost, but word on the street is that the service will be cheaper than Netflix, so probably less than $10 a month. And the platform will launch at some point in late next year, late 2019. 
once Disney's current distribution agreement deal with Netflix comes to an end. So when Disney Plus launches, the, the huge movie collection that they have, including Pixar content, and all home of all future movies, starting with Sto Sto Toy Story 4, uh, Frozen 2, The Lion King, live action, all that is going to be under this roof. And to me, this is just the start of the onslaught of Netflix and even Amazon Prime. And this is just a good example of what why it's very important for anyone to be able to analyze the strength of what was called the barriers to entry of a company, right? Because any company that's doing well is going to come up against competition at some point. Netflix dominated the market. Amazon competed, but you know, isn't a, a, a competitor that I think a, a lot of people, some people don't even know about it. They could be Amazon Prime members, don't even know about Amazon Video, but they get it for free. But it shows that everyone's going to come after the leader's lunch. That's always going to happen. Just like Apple, right? Samsung tries to steal their market share. And they've done a good job competing against it. So the big question now is, can Netflix compete? Do they have the content? That's why they've been creating content, right? The question is, are they good at it? Disney's good at it, clearly. They've been doing it for a long time. So that's one of the big reasons why I hate Netflix. It's so expensive for a company that hasn't proven that it can compete in what matters most, which is content. Now, as you probably know, it takes plenty of persistent discipline to fund your retirement savings and to build a strong investment portfolio. Now, when you get to the point where you realize that you would benefit from professional and unbiased guidance, I encourage you to reach out to Steve and myself at KPP Financial, our Dana Point office in California, or through our investtalk.com site. And now, I invite your investing questions as well. 888.99 chart, I'm Justin Klein. Give me a call. I wanna hear from you. I invite you to check our new online, check out our new online training experience, Invest Talk Academy. It's open now. Steve and I are looking forward to making Invest Talk Academy a valuable tool for all of you out there. To learn more, just visit, visit investtalk.com or investtalkacademy.com. But for now, I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. As an investor, you witness the volatility of October. And going forward, November and December may also have their share of market swings. So to prosper, serious investors need to make sure they are implementing the right mix of strategic investing programs. And you can quickly see what you may be missing if you go to investtalk.com. 
Okay, the phone lines are open. Justin's here and he's waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. So what we're going to talk about on today's show, or let's talk about what we're going to talk about on today's show. We're going to talk about wholesale inflation and how it surged in October at the fastest pace in six years. However, other, however, other inflation measures have levered off to around 2%. And as always, the Fed is watching it all. And I'll give you my perspective uh, as well. And I have some other topics on the table as well that I think are going to be um, pretty thought-provoking. One uh, is about free college tuition. A lot of you have talked about that. What, is, what will it take for us as a society to give free college education? Now, I'm not saying we should. But anytime you're trying to look at an idea... That's going to cost money. You got to have a plan for it or a framework for it. So we're going to talk about that. Also, what are the other ones I have? I have a couple other ones as well. I'm trying to pull them up here. Oh, here they are. Uh, oh, never mind. I didn't get it right. Let me. I'll, I'll. I have a couple other ones as well. I wish I could tease them, but I can't. But I'm, hopefully, I'll get to them. But I want to hear from you. Uh, ultimately, I want to know what's on your mind. What are you thinking about? I could talk about my topics all day. However, the show's for you. It's not for me. Okay? So give me a call. 888-99-CHART is how you get through and ask your question on today's show. Now, the S&P was down about 2%. The Dow was down 23 And the NASDAQ was down 2.78%. Russell was down about one8 It was a very bad day in the market. Continuation of the downtrend. We had our oversold bounce last week and now we're rolling over again nothing has changed you 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 are the high rates of mortgage rates uh just bare, the cost of money right is no longer super low it's low in relation to historical standards but that's not the economy we live in we need, we live in an economy that has gotten used to free money cheap money and now it's trying to switch into uh, a different rate regime and it's having trouble doing that and that's why i say we're in a different investing environment i want to hear from you give us a call at 888-99 chart You are listening to Invest Talk, streamed and broadcast live Monday through Friday afternoons in the 4 o'clock hour Pacific Time and available 24 7 via podcast replays at investtalk.com. Have you got a question for Justin? He's here and the lines are open. 888 99 Chart. Eight 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 ninety nine chart eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. Let's go to Sabat in Chicago. He's asking about L Brands. Yes, Steve. Thank you so much for taking the call. No problem. Uh, are you? Do you own L Brands? You looking to buy it? What is it? I have a 
approximately 150 stocks with me and uh, the way uh, the pattern and the trend is showing, I'm thinking of buying more. I just would like to know your opinion. And six months back, I asked this question also. The price was going very low, but now they are doing very well. Uh, could you please let me know your viewpoint? Thank you so much. Yeah, uh, we've owned L Brands for a while. Uh, started buying it back in 2017, kind of around this price. It rallied, we cut it back. Uh, it fell uh, down into the low. Uh, below $30 a share earlier this year. We bought even more. We buy a hand over fist at those levels. It was one of my favorite investment uh, uh, options and ideas uh, in a long, long time. Uh, and for everybody out there, this is L Brands. They own Victoria's Secret and they own Bath and Body Works. Not Bath and Body. Yes, Bath and Body Works. I always get it confused with Bed, Bath and Beyond. Bath and Body Works, yep. And Bath and Body Works is doing very, very well. Uh, strong growth from that side of the business. The reason it's been down recently is because of Victoria's Secret. Their business is not done as well. Uh, they're, they're getting a little bit more competition. And they, I think they made a bad decision by cutting out its swimwear and apparel line. I believe it was the end of 2016. So the market really has been trending down since mid part of 2016. And it's trying to find a low, and it kind of has. It's up uh, from its 50-week low of 25.89. Now it's at 37.02. Yield six and a half percent. Revenues are still up eight percent year over year. Yields uh, its its payout ratio on its dividend is on the high side. Uh, it's 75. It's cash dividend pay ratio 94. So I don't think they're going to be raising their dividend anytime soon, but they certainly can afford it. Their EBITDA is two over a little over two billion dollars, and they traded only seven times enterprise value to EBITDA, which to me is very very low for a name that. Even after this recent rally, going up the what 30 plus percent from its bottom, you know we loved it down uh, below 30. Like I said, was buying it for almost all of our strategies because how much we loved it. Uh, and that yield back then was over 8%. Now it's a six and a half. It's still a bargain, I think, at these levels. I think there's still more upside. There's a lot of seasonality to the business. It tends to bottom in. The or when I say business, obviously there's seasonality to any retail business, but what I meant was seasonality seasonality to the stock price. If you look throughout history, it's done much much better the second half of the year than it does the first half of the year. First half of the year tends to not be so great for L brands. Second half of the year usually a fantastic time. You're seeing that once again. So I think this will continue to rally into the year end, and then beginning of the year, you maybe. Don't want to get rid of your position altogether, depending on where the price is then. But maybe cut back the position a little bit. Wait for buy it on pullbacks uh, or in the early part of next year for the rally uh, late next year as well. So that's kind of the strategy I would go with L Brands. But long term, I think it's Victoria's Secret is just such a strong brand that uh, buying a company at seven times enterprise value to EBITDA that has such a legit brand as Victoria's Secret is extremely hard to pass up. So I'm a big fan of it. Let's go to John in Fremont. How are you doing, John? Hey, Justin. How are you? Doing great. You're looking at Finisar? Yeah. I used to work for the company, and I own a lot of stock, and they just got bought. 
and um, I haven't contacted the company. Or uh, I was wondering what your perspective is on this whole uh, deal of uh, like twenty six dollars a share combined, uh, two six uh, buying Finisil. Hmm. Who were they bought by? I didn't see this news. Two, two six. Oh, here it is. Got it. Okay. Um, so they were bought, and they're an Apple supplier, correct? Yeah. Okay. Well. Okay, so it's being bought for about three point two billion. Uh, it's trading. Let's see, what is it trading for today? It's trading, uh, for about. I'm trying to see the exact value that the market's giving right now. Doesn't look like it's giving it that type of valuation. Doesn't look like uh, it's near that three billion dollar mark. If I'm, am I wrong? No, it it it. Uh, well, there's. They were saying it was combined share of uh, fifteen dollars and forty cents, and then a partial of the two six company share of like point two two of the share price. Yeah, yeah. That closed on. Well, so yeah, so that's so that's a standard deal. That's a standard deal. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Part cash, part stock. Um, I would love to see more cash than stock, um, but I want to see it near that three billion dollar mark from a market cap perspective. Now it's only two point four. So to me, I think there's more upside to to the stock price. Uh, if that's actually true. Now, I got to dig into it deeper, understand the details. But to me, it doesn't make sense that it's still trading for this low. Thanks for the call. I would sell it though if you can get close to $3 billion market cap for this company. 888 chart. I want to hear from you. Give me a call. 888-992-4270. To win, all effective investors use a process. And listeners call Invest Talk every day asking to share our winning process. And they too can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go-to research tool? YCharts. It's a cloud-based financial research platform. It is indispensable. YCharts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use YCharts every day. YCharts is easy to navigate, visually awesome, and informative. YCharts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds, indices, and more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YChart has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to a giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bluebird Terminal. And now our listeners can try YCharts for free. You just heard Steve and Justin endorse YCharts. It's the lightning-fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of YCharts. And serious investors understand that YCharts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous YCharts discount. Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to YCharts.com. Get serious, get YCharts.
Steve and Justin thank the InvestTalk listeners who made time to sit down with Steve recently in San Jose. If you missed out on the opportunity for your no-cost portfolio review with Steve, go to investtalk.com. Then over the InvestTalk menu link, scroll down to Portfolio Review. You have finance and investment questions, Justin's here, and you can get unbiased answers. Call now, 888-99-CHART. Eight 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 ninety nine chart eight eight nine nine two four two seven eight. That's how you get through and ask your question on today's show. Uh, let's go to our main talking point today, and that is about wholesale inflation. And if you look at the producer's price index, you will think that inflation is kind of spiking. It was up 06 percent last month after barely any change since July. But if you strip out volatile things like food and energy and trade margins, what is so-called core PPI, producer price index, that only rose 0.2%, which is more in line with expectations. Now, producer prices rose 2.9% in the 12 months ended in October. So October to October. And that was from up from 2.6% in the prior month for the full 12 months. And it tends to be above the Fed target of 2% for inflation. But it's still off. It's seven-year high of only three of 3.3%. So we're still in an environment where producer prices are slowing. They were rising. You know, they were negative back in 2016. And now they're they're higher. They're markedly higher and kind of fluctuating around that 3% level. So the big picture when it comes to inflation is Prices appear to have paused. At least the price increases have paused. And a lot of economists are thinking that overall inflation, however, will continue to creep above the 2% level in the next few years based on a couple things. A tight labor market and the effects of tariffs. And this is the big problem that the market is trying to determine right now. One is our higher interest rates and tighter money, is that affecting the demand side of the equation? Right? And then the other side, is a tight labor market and tariffs affecting the supply side of the market. Because there's two ways that economic activity can slow. One is just people doing less business, right? Think of mortgage rates going higher, lower volume of real estate transactions, which affects commissions for 
agents and brokers, which affects furniture sales, which affects uh, commissions for loans from mortgage brokers uh, and banks. And that's just one part of the market. Think of car dealers as well. Cost of owning a car, financing a car suddenly becomes more expensive. Okay, so that's the demand side. And then if investors can't, or not investors, but businesses can't find workers to produce the goods they want or the services they want, that reduces the available supply of things and prices rise. And that then affects the demand side. And if you have both happening, that's what was called stagflation. Rising inflation, lower economic activity, and that's what the market hates the most. So that's one of the reasons why we're in a downtrend. It's not a persistent pattern right now, but it's starting to emerge. Let's go to Molly in Cleveland. How are you doing, Molly? Good. How are you? Fantastic. You're looking at OXSQ. Is that is that true? Yeah, Oxford Square Capital. Okay. Why are you own it? Are you looking to buy it? What is it? I am looking to buy it. And why is that? Is it the dividend, long-term growth? What is it? The dividend. Okay. So this is what is called a BDC company, a business development company that invests in debt and equity securities of technology-related businesses. So what they do is they finance companies, right? And they either get debt or they get interest payments on the money they're borrowing, uh, they're lending to companies, or they get equity, and many times they get both, right? They get a certain okay. percentage of shares in the business, and then they also have debt on the business as well. And they yield 11.9%, so you're after that dividend. And let's take a closer look at the cash flows of the business and whether they can afford that dividend. Okay, so their free cash flow is negative, about 94 million uh, quarterly. Okay, and free cash flow is after mm -hmm. paying out the dividend. So. What it's showing is their payout ratio is 97%. Do you understand the difference between a payout ratio and a cash dividend payout ratio? No. Okay. Do you know what a payout ratio is? Yes. Okay. So a payout ratio is based on their earnings, right? Well, a cash dividend payout ratio is based on their cash flow of the business. And what it shows you is the cash flow is not even coming close. In fact, it's negative. Their cash flow operations is negative 41 million. So while they're reporting profit, their cash flow profitability or cash flows are just not there. So they're having to add on debt. They just can't afford this dividend long term unless they change their cash flow situation. Now, their contracts and the way they deal with their uh, the companies they invest in, there could be big cash flows coming up. You could have sales of their businesses, right? They own equity, and suddenly they get a big cash infusion from an investment within the uh, the, the businesses that they, that they finance, right? These are tech companies, so they could get bought out. But we're in a time where technology companies aren't doing very well. They have been overvalued. They, Oxford Square probably bought or lend 
money to tech companies at extremely high valuations. So I don't like this company at all. In a, in a positive environment for tech shares and tech valuations, I would say okay. But in this environment, I do not like it at all. So I would not be buying Oxford Square Capital. Well, thank you for your advice. Thanks for, thanks for the call, Molly. Let's go to John in Santa Cruz, and he's talking about a tech company as well, Square. <laughs> yeah, you probably don't like it, but uh, I wanted to ask you about it anyway. Um, I have a small position in it, and since I bought it, it's gone about, down about 12%, and I'm mm -hmm. considering buying uh, more, or you know, I want to get your <laughs> advice about it. Yeah, I, I, you're right. I don't like it. Uh, just on valuation, a $28 billion market cap. They do a billion and a half a year uh, in, in, in sales. They're trading for a, a massive uh, multiple to anything that you're really looking at from cash flow to uh, earnings. Uh, the, the positive is they don't have a lot of debt, very minimal debt. But their enterprise value to EBITDA is, get this, Twenty thousand. <laughs> I like under ten. Okay. Uh, so it's extremely overvalued. Even their free cash. Even their free cash flow. Yeah, I would sell it. Uh, especially in this environment. You know, one day it's probably good investment. Uh, but that's probably somewhere sub ten billion dollars in market cap. Uh, they need to change the way they uh, get cash flows into the business. Because clearly they're uh, they're investing in growth. That's probably the story with the business. However, they yeah. would have to grow their profits a hundred thousand percent from here uh, to even get close to the the valuation that they're trading at now. So I would not be buying Square. Uh, you know, they're near the next recession or in their next recession. It's probably a good time to buy it. But this is not one of them. The downtrend has just started, and I think it's only going to continue. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for the call, John. Now, this is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and we stream and broadcast Invest Talk live at the 4 o'clock hour Pacific time each weekday. But if you can't catch us at that time, it's also available 24 7 via our archived podcast at investtalk.com. Now, be sure to subscribe to the Invest Talk podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Then take a second to rate and review us. And now the lines are open. We're taking your finance and investing questions live. We have about 10 minutes left in the show, so give us a call at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where they are committed to reason and common sense guidance, and that can help make you a better investor. And this philosophy is implemented for KPP clients and across all Invest Talk platforms, broadcast radio, live streaming, podcast replays, plus the KPP Premium Newsletter, Invest Talk webinars, and the new online training class, Invest Talk Academy. Principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein have over 60 years of combined experience in portfolio and money management. You can reach out to Steve or Justin by calling their Dana Point, California KPP Financial Office or by sending them a message through investtalk.com. The Invest Talk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open, 888-99-CHART.
888-99 chart, 888-992-4278. It's how you get through and ask your question on today's show. Uh, like I said, only about nine, ten minutes left in the show. So if you're going to give us a call, do it sooner rather than later. What I want to talk about is sports betting. I think this is a topic that you're going to hear more and more often. Uh, it's pretty much legalized sports betting nationally from Congress recently, and I think it's a good thing. You know, I'm more for freedom uh, of, of businesses. People can make their own choices, and certainly there needs to be some legislation put in place and some protocols around potential shadiness because obviously that's gambling is an area where there can be some shady business practices clearly uh, but there's a lot of business opportunity uh, and it's not just from I think the game gaming industry right the Caesars and the MGMs of the world and the wins of the world which I do think they'll benefit to some degree uh, but there are other potential business Businesses that will be affected both positively and negatively. And I actually think the tech industry is one where it can do really, really well. One example is there's a patent filed by Microsoft that has a, a process for taking in real-time data and processing out processing it and determining whether there's a payout of that particular event to somebody who gambled on it. So Microsoft is trying to get its foot in the door of the gambling industry. Right? So it come when it, it could be companies like Square, payment processors, things like that that are going to try to get into and I'm not saying Square is the one, right? I'm not saying Square is the winner. What I'm saying is there's companies like that that are going to do very well. Uh, and so I think that's where the biggest opportunities are going to lie are those that can create a process, create software, create the platform for gaming because there's going to be micro bets as opposed to as opposed to uh, you know betting on a whole game. There'll be bets on single plays. And I think that's going to be the most interesting part of where this industry grows. And I'm going to talk about this a little bit more as we go along now through the end of the year. Let's go to Bruce in Fremont. He's looking at TBT, trying to bet on interest rates going up. That's right. Uh, would you even consider okay. TBT as a you know long term? I mean, just, just hold it because if interest rates are going up for long periods of time, uh, would TBT well, be a vehicle to do no, because it's leveraged. Uh, it's it's course. It's an ETF that corresponds to twice the inverse performance of the Barclays 20-year Treasury Index. So it's leveraged. So no leveraged ETF of any kind should be held long-term. They're trading vehicles only. So no, the answer okay. is no. Plus, there are costs to executing this type of strategy longer term. Right, you're shorting. Treasuries, which means you have to pay the yield that treasuries pay. Not only that, but interest have gone up. 
And in the, I think in the near term, the risk is more to rates coming back down, especially if the market breaks down, the Fed pauses, rates are going to fall. Now, how much do they fall will be interesting, but I think they're going to fall. I think you're late to the game. You're using a vehicle that is leveraged. Therefore, it's not a buy and hold. And so, no, I would not be buying TBT either here in the near term or long term because of the type of vehicle it is. But we are in a long term interest rate cycle where interest rates are going to continually rise. Not every year, but in general, that's going to be the longer term trend. Thanks for the call, Bruce. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. We're here for you at 888 chart On the next Invest Talk, what oil prices may be indicating about the stock market and the global economy. That story tomorrow. But now, Justin's here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. Hey, guys. Uh, this is uh, Mike from Northern California. Love your show. A uh, simple question concerning selling or trading mutual funds within traditional IRA. For instance, uh, say one of my funds I'm not satisfied with, I'm going to sell it. It does have a, a profit of a few thousand dollars. When are you taxed on that gain? I'm assuming it's when, obviously, you take the money out, but aren't you uh, taxed on all money taken out at that time? Yeah, you're, you're, anything you're buying and selling within an IRA, uh, all the gains are tax deferred. Uh, just like the losses, you can't take your losses on your tax returns. It's like your gains, you don't take your gains on your tax return. Any IRA, 401k, the tax you pay on that, remember this is a traditional IRA or traditional 401k where you haven't paid taxes on the money, right? You, you deducted that from your income when you put the money in. So... When you take the money out, that's when you're taxed on it. Okay, so uh, it goes with mutual funds, stocks, bonds, etc. All of that, those gains or dividends or income from those investments, don't pay any tax on. It's all what is called tax deferred until you take the money out of your IRA. Then you're taxed on it. Good question, though. Let's talk a little bit about having a mortgage in retirement. And we on Invest Talk, myself and Steve. We usually recommend that people pay off their mortgage by the time they retire for financial freedom, for less headache on a fixed income. You can afford a, a much better lifestyle. So that is usually the best plan. Now, it's not for everybody. I'm going to talk about why. But the recent tax changes have made it even more beneficial to just pay off your mortgage. And why is that? Well, because the standard deduction is now higher and therefore the amount of, you need to itemize in order to use your mortgage deduction, right? Well, if the standard deduction is now higher, a lot of people, they don't itemize because the standard deduction is higher than their itemization. So Congress's Joint Committee on Taxation estimated 13.8 million households will benefit from the mortgage interest reduction this year. And that's compared to, only, to more than 32 million last year. So over half of those people who benefited from a mortgage reduction last year are no longer benefiting. 
And so usually those that are approaching retirement, they're later in the mortgage, right? Maybe five, 10 years left. And the interest payments aren't that high anyway. So more and more people are not taking, are not getting the advantage of the mortgage interest uh, and deduction. And that's another reason why the housing market is faltering right now. Now, 35% of households headed by people 65 and older still have a mortgage, and that's down from 21, or it's up from 21%. So clearly, it's something where uh, more people are carrying mortgages into retirement, but I think it's something everybody should have the goal of paying off. Let's go to Kobe in Utah. He wants to ask about GE. Oh, is he gone? He's gone. Ah, he's gone. Okay, I'll talk about GE. I just know he wanted to talk about GE. Don't buy GE. I've been saying this for a while. GE is massive problems. It's been built up based on bad management. Its problems are based on bad management that Jack Welch, he was the king of beating earnings. And what he did was he mismanaged the business so bad with these micro changes and, and, and acquisitions that it became an over bloated mess with tons of different businesses and cash streams and no real synergies between them. I don't say no, but little synergies between them. And he layered on massive amounts of debt. And this is a, a perfect example, example of what I call empire building, where companies and leadership make acquisitions and decisions about the business by just being bigger. They just want to be bigger. They think bigger is better. And it's part of their ego. It, it makes them feel good, but it doesn't help the business. And I, GE's under, and ma, under massive uh, uh, investigation from uh, SEC, from their accounting practices, a lot of debt that they need to deal with, and I don't know if they'll be able to pay it off. So I would not be buying GE, I'd be selling GE. Ignore it until they get through their issues. Thanks for the call. I guess we're done for the day. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. I thank you for your loyal support and questions. For podcast listeners, you'll be learning much more about Y Charts. Did you know that you can get a free Y Charts trial? as well as a discount when you buy if you mention Invest Talk. Now, Steve and I use Y charts almost every day. So go try it out. Have a nice weekend, everybody. Or week. Have a nice week. Say that. Thanks for listening. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights.